songbook want to use your songbook page 598 it'll be on the screen standing on the promises of christ my king all together standing on the promises of christ my king through eternal ages let his praises ring glory in the highest i will shout and sing standing on the promises of god come on now sing it out Standing on the promises that cannot fail. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. The word of God I will prevail. Standing on the promises. 598. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, I'm standing on the promise. 
Sunday night service. Brother Terry, can I get you to ask the Lord's blessing on the service tonight, please? Heavenly sure. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for our salvation through Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray that you'll be with the uh, Brother Blake as he brings forth your word. Bless him and uh, fill our hearts with your spirit and help us to uh, be conformed to your image, Lord. Transform our minds and uh, help us to. Uh, equipped to go out and do your work in the world today. Father, pray that you'll bless this time together and uh, may everything here be done for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please remain standing. Let's sing that song of Shelter in a Time of Storm, page number 530. The Lord our rock, in him I'll stand. The Lord our rock, in him we hide. The shelter in the time of storm. tonight. Man, I'm like a fish out of water doing announcements and doing singing. I'll be glad when the pastor gets back. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that way. But um, I'd like to take a look at our, uh, our memory verse, first of all. Does anybody have it memorized? Miss Janelle did a good job this morning, didn't she? Amen. Anybody else got it memorized? Anybody want to step out? No, no. That was the wrong thing to do was look at my wife. I'm going to hear about it later. <laughs> well, let's all say it together tonight. Ready? Begin. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. Well, amen. Man, it is a good verse. If you got your uh, bulletins tonight, uh, let's just take a look at a couple of things. Of course, let's all be present in our midweek prayer service on Wednesday nights. Thursday, uh, August 20th, coming up, uh, we'll have a missions committee meeting. And then on Saturday, August 22nd, our, uh, our outreach to the rest of Moore and some parts of Oklahoma City. Just 
I want to invite you out to be a part of that, to, to hand out some, uh, some little flyers and to, to meet people and invite people to church. And then some upcoming events, uh, Brother Jacob, uh, in preparation to going back to college in California, he'll be preaching on August 23rd at night. And then we have a fifth family fellowship coming up on August 30th. Everyone's invited to stay after the morning service uh, on Sunday, August 30th for our fifth Sunday fellowship meal. The church will provide the meal as a reminder we will not have an evening service that night because we'll have a little devotional uh, after 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 we have some pretty good lunch. Amen. And so anyway, then also uh, brother professor professor Terry handed me this before service or actually you got it passed to me but Faith Bible Institute if you want to uh, to learn and I'll tell you what uh, in studying for the the, the message uh, this morning I use some of the stuff that I got in Faith Bible Institute uh, brother John Yates uh, great teacher I mean just an outstanding teacher and I'd encourage you if he, it, it's a commitment now it's a commitment it costs just a, a few dollars but it's a commit, commitment to be a part of it what's the total length of the class is it three years, three years. yeah three years and uh, but man, some of the best Bible teaching you'll 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 ever get, and it's, you can still sign up, sign up online, and uh, uh, the classes will be held here, correct? And uh, yeah. okay. So just will I have to take the test here? Will they have to take tests in, with you? The test will also be online. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I got one more book to do. <laughs> you don't sit back there with Terry watching the class. No, it was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a good time. But need folks to join up. I I I guarantee you, you'll you will not you will not be disappointed by the, the Bible teaching that you'll get at Faith Bible Institute. John Yates does a very good job. It's very well put together. It's really well thought out as well. <clears throat> Are there any announcements that I'm missing? Anybody needs to help me with? Well, let's stand again and turn to page number 132. Anybody know when our pastor's going to be back? Tuesday. Tuesday. Amen. Well, let's sing the old rugged cross tonight. And uh, as we do that, we'll sing the first and last verse, page 132, and then uh, let's get ready for the message. Yeah. 
be seated. Well, I don't know about all you. I miss Pastor. Uh, I told someone this week, we were moving a couple families, and I said, I'm so thankful that I'm not the pastor, because I don't think I could do this every week. Um, but I, I immensely miss him. He should be back Tuesday, so pray for him and his family as they travel back. Um, tonight, I want to look at Jonah, the first chapter of Jonah, so if you want to turn there. I actually, I miss pastor so much that I even made slides for tonight. Because, you know, but I didn't, I didn't do a handout. I'm not that cool yet. So I got, I got the slides, but no handouts. So hopefully that works for you all. But we're going to talk on from the first chapter of Jonah. Um, and it's about the pride of Jonah. The first chapter of Jonah is mostly about the pride of Jonah. Um, I have no idea how long I'm going to be tonight. I've never preached this, but my, my wife was yesterday was bribing me to go short today because she's ready to go on her honeymoon. So she said, hey, we need to go home, get some sleep before we have to take, get off on the flight. She's pretty short. And she was like, we can eat anywhere you want Sunday night as long as you preach short. So we'll see what happens. So it might be pretty short because I'm hungry. So uh, Jonah chapter 1, before we get started, let's pray. No, we'll get started. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everything you've given to us, Lord. I pray that you'd help something that I say tonight to be a blessing to someone. I pray that you'd help it to be a um, just a challenge for us tonight, Lord. I pray also in your name. Amen. Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole chapter. So we're probably not going to be short since I'm reading the whole chapter here. But uh, read the whole chapter. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, sorry, Tarshish, however you pronounce that, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into, into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the, the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth their, their wares that were in the ship, into the sea to lighten it of to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so, be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, and we may know whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy, what is, what is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? 
For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempturous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it into the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous? Okay, it's a good word. Against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The whole first book, the whole first chapter of Jonah really is talking about Jonah's pride. We can see Jonah's pride as he does not want to obey God. But in the first two verses, we see God's command to Jonah. He says this, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come before me. Now we all know the story of Jonah, and we know that Nineveh was a wicked, terrible city. The Israelites were their enemies. The Ninevites and the Israelites, they were enemies. It even says, um, I read that the Ninevites treated the Israelites captive or their prisoners of war. They treated them terribly. This was not a place that, you know, Jonah was like, awesome, I want to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was a wicked city full of corruption. There's three things that I got from this, and that was that Nineveh was outside of Jonah's comfort zone. You know, (laughs) this wasn't a place that Jonah was like, hey, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go to Nineveh. This wasn't something that he wanted to do. It wasn't something that he was comfortable with. They could, if he showed up, they might take him, put him in prison, beat him. They were the enemy of the Israelites. It was not something that was in his comfort zone. Has God ever told you to do something that's not in your comfort zone? I was telling Kaylin, when we decided to come here, pastor, you know, we came to visit and pastor gave us the whole spiel and he said, you know, you're going to be the youth pastor. You're also going to be leading the music. And to me, that was kind of a deal breaker. I was like, I don't think I can do that. I, I, that was not in my comfort zone. And I was like, uh, I don't think you understand, Pastor. I didn't take music classes. I didn't do all that. I don't know what I'm doing. But God still called me here, and it's something that God 
commanded me to do that was out of my comfort zone. And I still have to do it. You know, one of those things that is outside of a lot of people's comfort zones is telling people about Jesus Christ. I don't know if you're ever guilty of this, but when God puts, puts something in your heart, when you see someone, he said, hey, go tell them about Jesus Christ. And in, in your mind, it's happened to me, I say, well, what are they going to think? How are they going to respond? I don't want them to think illy of me. You know, God, I don't even want them to think illy of you. So I probably shouldn't. It's outside of our comfort zone. Nineveh uh, was outside of any desire that Jonah had. I mean, this was not like something he wanted to do. You know, I honestly believe that Jonah thought he was being a patriot for not going to Nineveh. We already all know the story. We know that he, he ends up, he doesn't want to go to Nineveh, and he chooses not to. I honestly think he was thinking he was a patriot. You know, I'm doing this because they're wicked. They, they destroy our country. They don't deserve God. It was outside any desire he had. You know, when I think about that, I think about the people in our country today who are hurting our country. And I try to think about my attitude toward them. Is it they, they should be destroyed? Or is it that they need Jesus Christ? Nineveh was outside of any desire he had. Nineveh was outside of anything he expected. Honestly, I don't think Noah was sitting there saying, I wonder when God's going to send me to Nineveh. I wonder when God's going to give me a chance to go to Nineveh. It was outside of any desire he had, but it was outside of anything he expected. What if God told you right now, Logan, he said, hey, Logan, I want you to go to the mission field. But God, I already have my plan set up. I'm going to owe you. What if God told any one of us that here tonight? I did tell pastor, I said, if Biden gets elected, God might call me back to the mission field, but who knows? But, but it was outside anything he expected. How do we respond when God commands us to do something, when God tells us to do something that is outside of our comfort zone? It's outside of our desires. It's outside of what we want to do. It's outside of anything we even thought we were going to do. How do we respond? So here's my question for you tonight. What is your Nineveh? What is something God command, has commanded you or will command you to do that would be something that you would say, mm, God, that's a little too far out of my comfort zone. Not willing to do that. God, that's not in my desires. I'm not willing to do that. 
God, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't set up financially for that. I didn't do anything to prepare for that. What is something that you would say is your Nineveh? Listen, I believe that this, I mean, I don't believe, I know that this was a clear command from God. This is what he says. He said, arise and go. He says, go, get up to Nineveh, that great city. Or well, he says, arise, get up, go, okay, get doing, and cry against the wickedness, against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. This was a clear command. So what was Jonah's response to this clear command? We know. Jonah 1.3, this is what it says. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. What was Jonah's response? It, it literally was ignoring what God had told him to do. Not only ignoring what God had told him to do, he literally decided to go the exact opposite direction. He decided to do the exact opposite of what Jonah, of what God told him to do. Don't make excuses for why you aren't doing what God asked you to do. It doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. It's all about what God commands. If we look at Jonah and his response to the command, the first thing we see is Jonah's disobedience was immediate. It was right away. Jonah rose up and fled to, uh, up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He did it right away. Have you, ever get, have you ever told a little kid something to do? When they disobey, it always seems to be right away. But when, when they end up doing it, a lot of times it's, do I have to? Really? But, but I'm playing right now, Mommy. I'm playing right now, Daddy. How is our response to what God asked us to do? Is it immediate disobedience, like Jonah? Or is it immediate obedience? Second is Jonah's disobedience worked for a bit. And honestly, I think this is honestly where a lot of Christians get it wrong. They get confused. Because look at this. It says, But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them under Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Listen, Jonah went down, he went down to find a ship, and you know what? There was a ship ready to go the opposite direction. There was a ship ready to go the exact opposite direction of Nineveh. Things were set up for him. Things worked out at first. You know what? He even got on the boat, and later it says he was sleeping. Everything was okay. Things were going good. And a lot of times as Christians, we think, well, when we disobey God, we find things that is, 
well, it's working out. Well, God's still blessing me, so obviously it's okay. Well, God's still blessing me, so this must be God's will. We try to find the circumstances around us as what, what God is pleased with. But I promise you, the devil will make a path for you to do wrong. He did it with Jonah. Jonah was there. He went down to the ships, and you know what? Uh, miraculously, there was a ship at Joppa going the complete opposite direction. The devil had it set up for him. The devil had it ready for him. This might be a bold statement, but honestly, carnal Christians use their circumstances as excuses of why they're not following God. Look, everything's going okay. Psalm 73.3 says this. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. The wicked may prosper for a little while, but in the end is destruction. Things might be going great for a little while, but the storm's coming. Things were working out for Jonah in his disobedience to God, but you know what? The punishment was coming. So that brings us to my next point. The result of disobedience to the command. God told him to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, I don't think so, God. They don't deserve you. They don't deserve God. They don't, reserve, they don't deserve a chance to repent. I'm going to Tarshish. And here's the result of disobedience to the command. Okay, first off, Jonah's disobedience cost him. He had to pay to go to Tarshish. He had to pay to do exact opposite of what God had him to do. I mean, in the end, he got a free ride to uh, Nineveh anyways, right? I mean, <laughs> maybe not a great ride, but, but he had to pay. It came out of his financials. It came out of his money. He had to pay to do the opposite of what God wanted him to do. Have you ever heard the phrase, sin will take you farther than you want to go? keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay? I love that phrase. Because Jonah was paying for his disobedience against God. And lastly, we see Jonah's stupidity in disobedience. Why is disobedience so stupid? And here's why. First, it brings harm to others. I mean, look at the men in the boat. Because Jonah did wrong, they were all in danger. Because Jonah did wrong, they were all in trouble. 
Because Jonah did wrong, they got rid of everything valuable on the ship. You know what? It brings harm to others. Your sin and your disobedience to God, I, a lot of people will think, well, it's okay. It's on me. You know what? I get the punishment for it. But please understand that when you're disobeying God and when you're sinning, you're harming people that are in your life. You will harm your family. You will. It hurts your family when you're in sin. It hurts your church family when you're in sin. It hurts everyone that's around you. You know what? It doesn't hurt those that are just around you, though. It hurts others. For example, look at, look at, Nineveh, uh, look at Jonah's sin. If he would have disobeyed God and never repented... Would the Ninevites ever have heard or repented? I don't know. Maybe God would have sent someone else. But he was hurting those around him, and he was hurting those afar from him, all because of his sin. Please understand that when you have sin in your life and when you're disobeying God, it doesn't just affect you. It harms others. Why is disobedience so stupid? It makes it hard for yourself. I mean, think about Jonah. Think about how hard he had it, all because he disobeyed God. I think it would have been easier if he would have just started, just went to Nineveh. But instead, he got to be swallowed by a whale. And because of his pride, the whole chapter of Jonah, first chapter of Jonah, he sat in the belly of the whale for three days. That is a long time. He made it hard on himself. I don't know. I mean, maybe Jonah's more stubborn than I am, but if I got swallowed by a whale and I was sitting there and I knew I wasn't right with God, and I knew God was punishing me. To not pray to God for three days, that's pretty intense. He made it hard on yourself, himself. Your disobedience to God will only make it harder on yourself. Have you ever heard the phrase, you're safer in the will of God than you are anywhere else? It's true. Why is disobedience so stupid? It is wasting time. Jonah wasted so much time. The Ninevites needed God. The Ninevites needed to be preached to. The Ninevites needed to be repent. And he was just wasting time. You know, I don't know how much time we have left. I don't know if the, God's coming back soon. He could be with how our country's going, with how our world's going. But let's stop wasting time. There's a world full of people, just like the Ninevites, who need Jesus Christ. And we're wasting time.
because pride, because disobedience, because of sin. And lastly, why is disobedience so stupid? It's cheating yourself out of God's best. Honestly, I don't know what the story of Jonah would have looked like if he would have just gone right away. But I promise you, it would have been a whole lot better on Jonah if you would have just obeyed right away. When you disobey God, when you, when you keep sinning your life, you're cheating yourself out of God's best for you. And a lot of times, it's because of our pride. You know, you might say, well, that doesn't apply to me. This whole story doesn't apply to me because you know what? God hasn't called me to the mission field. It's not like I'm running from someone. God hasn't called me to be a youth pastor or anything like that or a pastor or anything like that. It's not like I'm disobeying God, doing exactly opposite of what he said. But I'll tell you what, God has given us plenty of commands right here in his word. And when we ignore them, when we don't obey them, We're just as bad as Jonah. Someone told me once, if you don't know what God is telling you to do, then do what you already know he wants you to do. 